What's up, everyone? I'm Paul, and in this week's episode of the Loader High Podcast, I'll be breaking down week eight of Kyle's across. This weekend's big games were Denver versus Georgetown, Virginia versus Robert Morris, Notre Dame versus Marquette, Ohio State versus Maryland, Syracuse versus Holy Cross, and Rutgers versus Johns Hopkins. Nothing really notable happened in this in the games this weekend. I think everyone, including myself, was really caught up in uh, March Madness. It was just really way more fun to watch, especially with no real uh, in-conference games happening this year. But ACC uh, play starts next week, and that'll be really fun to watch. After the Week 8 recap, I am joined with University of Maryland attackman Danny Maltz. Danny is currently Maryland's leading scorer with 20 goals, and he just put up four goals in their big win against Ohio State this past weekend. I was really fortunate to get to speak with Danny last week after his huge win against Rutgers. It was a top-five matchup, and it's really great to get an interview, getting to hear what it's like to be playing in a crazy season like this with COVID going on, and especially playing for one of the best teams in the country. Hope you guys enjoy the show, and I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Danny, and let's get right into it. To kick off college across, we have to go back to last Tuesday when Denver faced Georgetown. The Hoyas headed out for a tough showdown down in Peter Barton, and that's exactly what they got. Denver was able to take over Georgetown, the Georgetown defense early, and they did not look back, containing the hottest team in the country and showing that they're the best in the Big East. Final score of that game, Denver 13, Georgetown 6. Stats for Denver, Jack Hanna had four goals, Ethan Walker with three goals and two assists. Alex Simmons had two goals and one assist, and Jack Thompson had 12 saves in, saves in net. And for Georgetown, Declan McDermott had two goals and one assist, and Graham Bundy and Jake Carraway had two goals. Next game up, we have Notre Dame versus Marquette last Wednesday. Notre Dame proved that they can play ball two in a heavily loaded ACC with their lockdown defense and standout goalkeeping. The Fighting Irish get the win on St. Patrick's Day. Final score of that game was Notre Dame 10, Marquette 3. Stats for Notre Dame, Liam Entman had 18 saves in net. Patrick Cavanaugh had one goal and five assists. Will York with two goals, and Kyle Gallagher and Charlie Leonard went 11 for 16 at the X. Stats for Marquette, Garrett Moya, uh, Devin Cohen, and Holden Patterson all had one goal. First big game up on Saturday, we had Syracuse hosting Holy Cross. This was one more test for the Orange before they play number one Duke this Thursday. Syracuse was able to take care of business easily in the Dome. Final score of that game was Syracuse 15, Holy Cross 6. Stats for Cuse, Chase Camlin had seven goals and two assists. Owen Hiltz with one goal and five assists. Stephen Rafis had two goals and two assists. And Jamie Tromboli had two goals. Stats for Holy Cross, Will Spangenberg had two goals. Uh, Conrad uh, Naus had one goal and one assist. And A.J. Fox had 18 saves in net. Next game up on Saturday, we had Virginia versus Robert Morris. Down at Charlottesville, Virginia was tested by a gritty Robert Morris team that could not seem to go away and even tied it up in the fourth quarter, but Virginia was barely able to sneak away with it and get the win. Final score of that game, UVA 14, Robert Morris 12. Stats for UVA, uh, Peyton Cormier had five goals and one assist. Matt Moore with one goal and four assists. Doc Aiken had three goals, and Connor Schellenberger had one goal and three assists. Stats for Robert Morris, uh, Jimmy Perkins had three goals and four assists. Ryan Smith had three goals and two assists, and Corson Keeley had three goals. Next game up, we have Maryland playing Ohio State. Maryland headed out to the shoe in Columbus to finish up the first half of their season, and they did just that, taking down the Buckeyes and beating every single team in the Big Ten so far this season. Final score of that game was Maryland 16, Ohio State 8. The Terps have another huge rematch against Rutgers this upcoming weekend. It's going to be another uh, you know, great game like it was uh, last week. Stats for Maryland, uh, Logan Wisnowskis had four goals and three assists. Jared Bernhardt had three goals and two assists. Danny Maltz had four goals, and Eric Maliver had had two goals. Stats for OSU, Jack Myers had four goals and two assists. Jackson Reed and Trey LeClaire both had one goal and one assist. 
Final big game from this weekend down at home when Rutgers took on Johns Hopkins where the Blue Jays started off hot but were ultimately cooled down by a tough Rutgers offense. Rutgers was able to pull away with the win and finish second in the Big Ten. Final score of that game was Rutgers 15, Johns Hopkins 9. Stats for Rutgers, Kieran, Kieran Mullins had 5 goals and 3 assists. Connor Kirst with 3 goals and 1 assist. And Adam Charlambides had 3 goals and 2 assists. Stats for Hopkins, Connor D. Simone had 2 goals and 2 assists. Cole Williams and Brennan Grimes both had a goal. And Garrett Degnan had 3 goals and 1 assist. To wrap up my recap, I want to give out a shout out to some of the notable notable players from this weekend. First goes to Chase Scanlon at seven goals and two assists against uh, against Holy Cross. Liam Entman at eighteen saves against uh, Marquette, and he's at seventy percent for his save percentage this year. That's outstanding. He's one of the best goalies in the country, if not the best. And another uh, another guy from Notre another guys from Notre Dame is uh, Kyle Gallagher and Charlie Leonard, who are combined seventy six percent at the X, easily the best face off unit in lacrosse. Thank you so much for listening to my week eight recap of college across and now here's my interview with university of maryland attackman danny maltz the maryland terps leading scorer number 37 danny maltz danny what's going on man yo man how you doing thanks for having me on of course of course uh how are you guys doing right now how is the how are you and the team doing right now after a big win against uh Rutgers on saturday doing well i mean they, they were definitely a hot team everyone was hearing about them scoring all these goals and that was definitely a big win for us and now what is it? it's Wednesday or was it Tuesday and now we're, we're getting focused for uh, Ohio State and you know after overcoming that big leap of you know the anticipation from uh when you first started when your first game against Michigan Penn State Hopkins and then this big buildup and you finally overcome that does that kind of relieve a sense of pressure for you and like going into your second half uh, second part of your uh, season yeah I mean understanding that we had all Big Ten schedule, no other teams, you know, every single game, it's going to be a battle. I mean, every single team can play, that's for sure. So, I mean, yeah, definitely getting that, what is it, 4-0 now? I mean, that's where you want to be, right? So, I mean, that was definitely big for us, and we're going to keep that momentum going. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, taking a step back just to, like, kind of see, like, how you guys came to the season. So, I want to take it back almost a year now. You know, season gets canceled. You guys were on a roll. You were playing really well. And then you hear about the season getting canceled. You know, what's going through your mind right now? You you get sent home. You know, you don't really know what's going on. What are you trying to do as a lacrosse player to better yourself? Right. So, so go, like you said, we were rolling. And hearing that my uh, first thoughts were kind of just like damn like these seniors like they've been working for this like your senior year you want to go out on a bang and then to get that cut short that kind of sucks so that was like my first thoughts and then just getting sent home it was really like wow this is like it's over so we didn't really know what was going on we were just having zoom calls and and coach was telling us maybe we come back finish the season so we really didn't know so I went home kind of and it was just just playing keeping the stick in my hand working out trying to just stay in that that season shape so that's what I was doing personally. And, and then hearing that the season's like completely canceled, you're just like, damn, like now it's the off season. Like, what am I going to do to get him? Like, what am I going to do in the off season to get myself better ready for next year? So that's pretty much just what I did. And what did you do specifically? You know, did you have a daily routine that you were set in mo- that like was set in stone for you or were you kind of just more fluid and going like day to day in, you know, training, you know, your diet, schoolwork, what were you like? Yeah. Like you said, the so schoolwork was still going on. So you gotta, you gotta keep that in mind. So, that was happening, but I kind of just took it as like, hey, like it's more, it's like another off season, but it's longer. So you get like, you get that much more time to work on things I, I need to work on. So dodging, shooting my offhand, getting bigger, getting stronger, you know? So things like that, those are things I worked on. I mean, I wouldn't say right away I had a set schedule. I kind of just go with the flow, like getting kicked off of fields, like that was a problem. So stuff like that, I mean, that sucked. But I mean, 
yeah, I, I would go out. I would, I would usually go with my buddy Mitchell Pelkey, who's at Ohio State, and then the Cole brothers. They play at Navy. They're from my town, and I've grown up with them. So we would just we would go out and shoot pretty much every day, and and we had fun with it, but we also worked hard. It was a little weird, you know, playing with your old like your boys from high school that like you thought it was going to be the end, you know, your end of your senior year, and then you see yourself a year later just training with them, you know, in the same like at your high school and just still working out with them. It's like, does that did that feel a little bit weird that you kind of thought like you moved on from that, but now you're in the same boat as, as them, you're still with them. You know, what was that like? Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I I've been friends with Mitch Pelkey like my whole life. Um so I knew I knew we'd have that connection and, and he's always pushed me to get better. I mean, that kid works like no other. He's always out there. So he's pushing me to wake up. I'm not a big morning guy. And this kid's like 7 a.m. We're shooting. I'm like, oh, my God. So he pushes me hard and, and we would go out there and we would just try and better get each other better. So mm-hmm. and, you know, what about having your brothers like your your both older brothers that played college lacrosse? What was it like having them in the house, you know, even like even not for like lacrosse purposes, what about just having, you know, two older brothers in the house that you might've not had for a couple of years? Right. Yeah. So I have my older brothers, I mean, just being the youngest one and I, and I got a couple of age, uh, years in between us. So, I mean, I would get picked on for sure. And we, we would always play mini lacs back in the day that was big in our house. And those, those gotten competitive. They would throw me in the goal and I used to hate that, but I mean, yeah, having them now, like I got looking back on it. I just, I just try to like, watch their game and just take things away from their game. Like they were, they were crease guys kind of, and I would just try to see what they're doing, right. What they're doing wrong and just gotta get better. But I would say Dylan, he's my middle brother. He he's a Terp alum and, and he's helped me out a lot, especially this year and, and the, the off season. He, he always, he lives close by. So he pushes me, we'll go out, he'll come out to the field with me and he'll, he'll run me through drills and that stuff helps a lot for sure. Definitely. And what do you think was one thing out of, you know, that stint from March to when you got back to college, what do you think you improved most in your game? I would try to say my outside shooting. I mean, that's something I really worked on. I know last year I was, my range was probably like three yards. I'm just sitting on the crease, but definitely one thing I, I worked on a lot in the offseason was my range, just like 12 yards, trying to get both hands that range. And what about, you know, besides from lacrosse, what, what was something that you, you know, you worked on, you know, maybe it was like a new hobby or, you know, something else, what, what was something that you, uh, you know, got better at? Golf, dude. I, I played golf probably like every day, honestly. That was, you played I mean, with Mitchell? Yeah, all the time. Beat, I'd beat him all the time. Ask him about it. He says he's really, he told, he told me he's really bad. He's been, <laughs> he told me he got addicted to it. Like yeah. playing with, with, uh, cause he, what's the Firestone out in Columbus. Right. That he right. goes to, and he said he was there literally every single day before his, like before school started for him. Uh, who would, uh, who would win out of a round of 18? I think you just said who, who would yeah, take. I, I would smack him for sure. Okay. But he, no, we would have, we would have some good games out there. We'd actually go out with like some, have all six of our friends out there just going out there having a good time that was really the only thing you could do during COVID I mean so many people were golfing so we picked up on that we were just we were playing a lot it was fun you put any money on those games sometimes we did yeah it would get, okay. one of our one of our buddies he actually played in high school he's legit he can play so he, he would take our money that's that's a tough scene but everyone literally everyone got into golf this uh during this yeah. whole thing because it really was the only thing you could have done that was just like socially distant yep. you know you were outside and it was so it was it was so much fun time mm-hmm. because you know, you'd go every single you go every single day during the summer would you go would you go more in the mornings or were you like afternoon guys we, we would we would go in the afternoons everyone is usually doing something like we were we were probably shooting or something in the mornings and then and then we would play in the afternoons yeah it was nice. It's hot. It's, it gets hot in the afternoons. You don't, you don't realize yeah. until, oh, yeah. uh, 
it's yeah. uh it's it's it gets brutal on like midsummer day it's like 95 right. degrees on and yeah. you don't you forget your water like have you ever forgotten your water before? oh that dude dude if you don't have a beverage it's the worst you need the wor- then you want to leave then yep. you want to leave it's so exactly. bad i ugh, it was i remember i did that like three times and it was the most miserable thing i've ever done but you know moving on from that you get back to college park in september you know what was it like getting back to like almost like a ghost town of what what maryland really was before uh before covid started yeah so getting back we really didn't know what to expect so the first couple first couple of weeks we got here it was pretty quiet i mean uh, we did like testing i think what was it the first week so we got tested and that was to like if, if everyone passed and we were clear to play so we were praying everyone was like please pass like hopefully no one has it and one kid had it so we got shut down for i think it was two weeks there we couldn't do anything so we were just sitting here waiting around just starting classes now and then we get tested again and like like seven seven people have it probably i think something like that so we got shut down for a couple of weeks so the fall was a little weird but yeah, getting back was strange. I mean, we didn't we didn't know what to expect, and those tests kind of kind of were like, damn. Now we just gotta wait around. What was it like after you know getting there, and then you get thrown in quarantine three three plus times? What are you what are you doing during those during those periods of time when you're stuck in your dorm room? So I'm in a house, but honestly, it was really weird because like a lot of people were like like at home, you could just go to your field and shoot. But being on campus, you, you can't really go shoot or you can't work out because like places are closed. So that's where it got tricky. We would have to figure out places to work out and places to shoot. So we have the math, though. They have a they have a fielder over here. So we would go over there. We would shoot. Sometimes we'd get kicked off. So that was the struggle there. But then like gyms, I mean, we would have home gyms like my roommate, uh, Mike Roach, he he would he built us a nice little gym in the basement. So that's what we were working out. I mean, stuff like that. You got to be creative and come up with stuff. But did yeah. you think you took a, a mental toll? Like, a was that, did they have a, like that entire fall? Was that just like a mental strain on you guys? You know, couldn't really do anything besides schoolwork, lacrosse and be in your house. You know, you know, did that, yeah. uh, did that affect you in any way? Yeah, I would say for sure. Definitely. I mean, like, honestly, just sitting here, like, so talking when you got school and lacrosse and not being able to go out and stuff, like just sitting on Zooms for multiple hours, you got class and then you got, team zooms you got films and you're just sitting on zoom all day and then they're like all right let's head over to what can i do besides lacrosse in school so yeah it's definitely it was definitely pretty weird something to get used to and now i think we're just kind of adapting to it yeah definitely and do you think you guys have gotten better with it you know just like navigating your way through this you know what what the protocols are how to how to treat this the right way and you know what to do if someone does get the get the case like do you know like have you figured out ways to like make that experience a little bit better yeah, so I think I think in the fall, we were a little more like in the learning process of things, trying to figure out how it would be for the spring. So I think a lot of things were more like loosely ended and stuff. And and now, like, I mean, our coach is making us wear our mask in the house. Like, unless you're in your room, you can't have like no, like you have to have a mask on. So pretty much like that'll help us with like the close contact calls and, and that type of things. And I mean, luckily, we haven't had a case this spring. So hopefully, knock on wood, that's the same, that's the way it is. But you never know. You just got to be ready for anything, I guess. Mm-hmm, definitely. And what about that first official practice that you had, you know, getting the green light, what was going through your head? The first official practice, I think we started off with like a positional practice. So that was kind of just like offensive guys shooting stuff like that. You couldn't really do contact. And that was definitely really exciting just to be out there with the coaches, getting coached, shooting, 
at just that high level. And it was definitely really excited to see all the guys and stuff. And what about like seeing your coaches for the first time officially and, you know, seeing going against the defense, you know, did that, did that make you feel like you were in a little bit of a sense of normalcy? Yeah, definitely. So the first real practice I would say was, I think two weeks after we would do half team, half the team was in the afternoon, the other half was in the morning. And that's when we go like defense six on six, stuff like that. And yeah, dude, that was awesome. Everyone was so jacked up. Like the energy was through the roof those days. And that was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. And what was like the drill that you kind of realized, like, like lacrosse is back, like we're doing what we love. Like, what, what was that like point for you? So we do this drill explosion. It's a four on three drill. We usually start it, start practice with it some days and the energy, like it's like everyone's defense will play offense too. So like everyone's playing every position. It's a lot of fun. That, that, that right there, everyone was looking around, like we're back, like, let's go. So. And what about, you know, getting back into practices, did you notice any differences in your team, like how you guys were performing, you know, from how you guys first started, you know, when you first played with each other, when you last played with each other back in March, what was some things you noticed? Honestly, when we first got there, I would say some things were a little sloppy, obviously, like not being playing them like, uh, and a lot of guys were sore. So like things were, things were a little weird. I mean, we, we didn't, we'd never played in that team setting for a while. And that's like the longest I know I personally haven't played in a lacrosse game or a lacrosse atmosphere. Like, so, I mean, it was definitely a little different, but once we, once we got rolling a couple of weeks in, it, it was a good feeling. And what about the new guys that transferred in either of like a bunch of freshmen or, you know, the transfers that you guys brought in, how was it like integrating them into your offense? It was pretty easy. I mean, we got a bunch of ballers, um, the transfers, we got Griffin Brown and Eric Holden and, and watching those guys back at their old schools, I knew they were going to come in and make an impact and, and they're, and they can play, they can play ball. So. I mean, having them was pretty exciting and they fit in perfectly. They didn't try to do too much. They came in and just ran the system and they're playing all, they're playing well. So it's good. Yeah, for sure. And what about, what was, uh, what was coach Tillman preaching to you guys? Like all of fall ball, you know, just to, you know, keep your spirits up. Um, he would say, just take it one day at a time. It, and especially in the fall ball, because you really didn't know who was going to test positive or what was going to happen next. And, and just just taking one day at a time, just knowing that you're able to play lacrosse and just be grateful for that. I mean, he really preached taking it one day at a time and just getting better and being grateful that you're with the team and out there and practicing and stuff. So. Definitely. And what about like after finishing your fall ball practices and you go into like a dark period of like, the you know, the winter is pretty tough in the United States with like cases keep on rising. And like you hear that you get the green light for a practice and that you're going to have a uh, you're going to have you're going to have a season you know, what, what's the team's mentality? You know, what are you feeling knowing that like there, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. I mean, that's just a great feeling knowing that you can come out here and do what you love. I mean, we, we all, we all understand that it's definitely a tough time and understanding mm -hmm. that school is, is tough on you sometimes. And you got things outside of lacrosse that's tough on you and just going out and playing on the field, you know, that like, this is where you should be your happiest. And like, and you hear that from a lot of coaches, like when you come out here, you got to be happy. You got to drop everything that's going on. And, and it was definitely even more emphasized with the COVID and getting shut down last year, like being out there this fall, it was just no matter how cold, like whatever it was raining, snowing, like you just got to enjoy it. And that's what we did for sure. And what, what makes you happiest when you're on the lacrosse field? Just being able to play. I mean, especially for Maryland, you just know the tradition here and, and the alumni that played before you and understanding that, to be the best culture. It's just, it's something, it's different. And then wearing that Maryland across your chest, you really got to put on for those guys who played before you. And that's something that, it, that motivates me for sure.
Definitely. And getting into your first official, official practice, like back in January, did you notice anything to like, see like how well your team was playing? Well, the first thing we all noticed was Jared was back. So that was pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, we, when we got back in January, it was that, that like, that's when everyone knew it was business and we were, we weren't just playing against each other. Now, now we were starting to prepare for games and, and we didn't find out until Michigan, it was Michigan until I think a week later, maybe a week and a half later. So, so once we found out it was Michigan, it was really just two weeks of prep for them. And that was, that's what we were looking forward, forward to. So. And look, after Jared like had a huge stint of not playing lacrosse for, you know, he was getting ready to play a football season, yep. having him come back, you know, did that bring anything, did that bring like a new fire to your offense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's the best player I've ever played with and, and he just like he just draws so much attention. He, he, dude, he's great. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it definitely it definitely helped us out a lot. And having that ex attackman that's really just so dominant helped helped our offense a ton for sure. And out of all the older players, since you're you know, you're an underclassman, has Jared been one of the guys that's helped you you know understand the offense, you know, walk you through plays, and you know make you a better player as a whole? Yeah, that's one thing that he he's done very well here, especially with me. He he kind of took me under his wing and just just taught me through everything. Like he would teach me like, just the ins and the outs of so many things I'd never thought I would ever learn or know about. And, and he was definitely really, really good with that. Just telling me where to be at certain times. And that's helped my game a ton for sure. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that like he was a quarterback in football and he's also like the quarterback of your offense in, in lacrosse. And what do you think's that, what do you think's that driving factor makes that makes him like see the field so well? I just think he has a great lacrosse IQ. He understands the game like like no one no one else. Like he he just he he always thinks two plays ahead. He knows what's going to happen and and he's he's teaching everyone through it. Like during the during games, like he's telling people where to go as he has the ball on his stick. Like so, yeah, he really does quarterback the offense and definitely a great player for sure. And how have you complimented his game and like vice versa? Like how do you guys how do you guys work together? I mean, he's just such a good dodger, and I would say I'm more of a off ball guy, kind of a crease guy, and he draws so much attention. People don't even know who I am, so I'm just kind of sitting on the crease wide open thanks to all the attention he's drawing, and, and that helps me, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, do you like that role of being the, the gritty crease attackman, you know, who gets all the goals, but he, he really has to fight for – like you have to really fight for those goals. You know, you get knocked up right next to the crease, like you're, you're getting beat up by all the, the attackmen. Do you take pride in that? Yeah, I mean, I, whatever I can do to help the team, but I mean, I really don't do that much. Like, if you think about it, those guys are drawing the slides, they're getting double teamed, and they're just they're just such great players. They got all all of them have good vision, and they just find me in there. So, yeah, I definitely take pride in that role. And you know, what do you think is one part of your game that might be you know a little underrated that you think you've worked on pretty well? I would say probably my outside shooting. I would say that that's something I've been working on. I wouldn't say it's it's great yet, but I would. definitely definitely like to extend my range and that would be, that would definitely help our offense a lot if I could do that. So that's something. I'm and if you have like, an, if, yeah. And um, if you're like, what's your most ideal place on the lacrosse field, like the area where you have the most success? I would say on the crease or on that, on the right wing, I mm -hmm. would like to say those are two good spots for me depending and, on the offense. Yeah. And what about like, so that's your most successful, what would be like your favorite place if like, you could like do like you could do almost anything from there probably honestly probably the crease it sounds weird but yeah I, I like being in there I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of, of slide packages and reading that type of stuff so I kind of just I would say that's 
one of my better places to be, yeah. And also, like you're saying about like understanding slide packages, do you really have to understand as a crease attackman, do you really have to understand like what the defense is doing? I would say, yeah, you have to have pretty good understanding because you have to, when a, when a dodge is happening and your guy, if they're, if they're sliding from the crease, that's your guy that's coming, but you have to understand which, which is the two slide and who's coming from your back. So if you know which guy is coming, then that'll help you like in terms of where to be at what point and how to turn and shoot and stuff like that. So understanding that definitely helps a lot. Yeah, definitely. And kind of going back to, you know, you guys practicing back in January and you, know, you finally get to your game day. You know, what was the feeling for your teammates and yourself when it finally arrived that your first game against Michigan was going to, was going to happen? Uh, we were, we were definitely all jacked up for sure. I mean, the locker room was buzzing and, and it was a good feeling. And honestly, we just wanted to, in terms of offense, we just wanted to play against another defense because our defense is so damn good. So, I mean, it was a good feeling to play, play another team for sure. And what's the, uh, what's the Maryland uh, hype up song in the locker room before a game? Uh, we, we wouldn't really have, I wouldn't say there's one specifically. I mean, depends on who's Ox. If you got Jared on Ox, he's playing more like the old school rap, like Biggie Small, stuff like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, it depends who's on Ox, I guess. And if you were on Ox, what would be like the uh, the best pregame music that you would put on? I'd probably throw on, honestly, like generic rap, like the new Drake or just something <laughs> like that. I, I'm not, I don't know what I got really, just whatever, whatever's popping right. in the moment. All right. And after crushing Michigan and you guys get back in the locker room, what's the feel? What's the atmosphere in the locker room like? Yeah, getting that win was definitely huge. I mean, they're a great team. And like I said, every Big Ten team can play. So under, understanding that we beat them down pretty good at home, that's a good feeling. And and then we just realized that we got another team coming up next week, and that's what we were looking forward to. Did it feel almost surreal in a sense that you, know, you just played a lacrosse game against another team? It honestly did, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's something that how, however long it took, what, what was it, last early March? Didn't play a game since then. And getting back on the field, especially in Maryland Stadium, that's something special, and that was pretty cool get back out there. And what's, like, a big difference that you can't really do after playing a lacrosse game that you like go see your parents or like go have a, like go to the barbecue is there something that you can like stuff like that can you really still do that no actually so a big thing here is tailgates after the game in the parking lots with the parents and and i mean we we can't we can't do that and after the game you usually go up uh, like to your parents in the stadium and give them a hug and everything take pictures but can't even do that you're like you got to stand like six feet apart with your mask on and just kind of wave and and say, I'll give you a FaceTime on, the, on your way home. So, I mean, it's definitely pretty cool to see parents are allowed now and, and having them come, that just shows they care that much. And that's pretty awesome. So. Is that a little tough for you, you know, seeing, you know, after being able, like last year, being able to see your parents after the game and then get, going to go see them at the tailgate now that you, you can't really do that anymore, even though your parents aren't, you know, you're from Virginia, it's not that far away, but like kids that have parents that flew out from, you know, California and they can't even say hi to their parents, they have to call them. You think that could be something tough that like puts a toll on, you know, just a player? Definitely. I mean, mentally you want it like those, your, those are your parents. I mean, you love them. You want to see them, especially at their games. And like you said, you got guys, their parents are coming from Utah, California, like wherever they're coming from. And, and the fact that you can't even see them, it definitely hurts a little bit, but just knowing that they came and they care that much, it's pretty awesome. And, and you'll realize that they do care a lot. And it, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. it stinks, but. Yeah, for sure. And after cruising against Penn State, you have your first ever matchup, you know, personally for you, your first ever matchup against Johns Hopkins. 
What does that rivalry mean to you, especially that you got to watch your older brother play in that rivalry a bunch of times and now that you're going to be able to play in it? Yeah, I was just going to mention that. I mean, I, I've been to so many of those games and, and they're, they're really like, they're awesome. I mean, I went, I remember one, I'll never forget it. It was, I think it was my brother's junior year. I want to say it was at Maryland stadium under the lights. It was pouring down rain, but the whole stands were clear. Like I've like full, like I've never seen before. And I was just like, damn, this game is this really cool. And the fact that I get to play in this is, is pretty awesome. And now the fact that I am playing in it is definitely, is definitely pretty sweet. And getting to, getting to beat them in my first time ever, that was even better. And being a part of that rivalry of like the most, most historic rivalry in college across and, you know, being able to dominate in it. What does that mean? To, what does that mean for you? I mean, that was pretty awesome. I mean, just understanding, like they, they play this, um, this video on the scoreboard before the game and we get to see it and it's like times back to 1967 all like back down way back then and just understanding that it's been going on for that long and it's been neck and neck like pretty much every year and the fact that we got to beat down on them pretty good is pretty cool and we get to play them again so yeah definitely and did you get to touch the uh, did you get to hold the crab i did i touched it yeah in the locker room it's pretty cool it's hanging up right now so. Is that cool? Have you, were you ever, did you ever te- like hold it before? Or was that the first time? No, that was the first time. Usually I think the winner gets to take it in their locker room and we, they, they lost in 19 to um, Hopkins in the last meeting. So it wasn't in our locker room. So I never saw it before and it, it was pretty cool to see it and now have it in there. Does it, is it, is it bigger than like you would have <laughs> expected it to be? Yeah, It's pretty heavy too. <laughs> it's yeah. like got stuff. Does it have like stuff written in it? Uh, I didn't look that close into it. I know it's got like the, the matchup on in the Maryland versus Hopkins, but I, I didn't, I didn't look into it that much. It's a pretty, it's a really, it's a pretty cool stat. Yeah. And would you, where do you guys keep it? Yeah, it's right in our locker room, right to the, right to the right. And like a little uh, case holder above the lot, one of the lockers. It's pretty cool. That That is really cool. And after overcoming that big win against Hopkins, you, you have like the biggest matchup of the year so far, you you're getting ready for, you know, a top five matchup against Rutgers. What's your game plan like that entire, or, how are you guys preparing as a team for this matchup that you know is going to be intense? Yeah. So Rutgers, I mean, honestly, they, they were one of the hotter teams I would say in the country, they were scoring goals at unbelievable rates. So I think a big thing we, uh, we looked into was how, how they were scoring so much. And the big thing was transition. They, they like to get up and down. <clears throat> so I think one thing that we, uh, we, we worked over in practice was just trying to stop the break and stop that powerful offense. They, I mean, they can score that kid, Kirst, I think his name, he, he can score. And, and that lefty, I mean, they got some really good fire in offense. So, I mean, just trying to contain them, which I think our defense did a great job. It helped us a lot. And playing in that game, what was your mentality and what were you trying to do to contribute to the team's success? I was just trying to, just not trying to do too much. I mean, I would say my role is more like the crease guy. I just play off of people, and I, I, don't, I don't like to do too much because I know they can they can handle it. I'm playing with usually when there's six guys on there, all five of them can dodge. So I just kind of play off ball and let them do their thing, and hopefully I'm open. And you you guys were struggling. Uh, it wasn't struggling, but it was, a pretty, it was a really tight matchup all the way until the third quarter, but then you guys sparked a fourth quarter run almost similar to, your Hop, to the Hopkins game. What does that say about your team? Um, I would say that there's no, there's never, we're never going to give up for sure. I mean, we're going to, we're going to keep playing and we knew it was going to be a back and forth game, especially with a good team like that. And we're expecting every game to be a back and forth game because every team can play. And, and honestly, I would say that's 
it starts with that those runs start with <clears throat> the faceoff acts with Justin Shockey. I mean, he he goes on these runs where we just make it, take it, make it, take it, make it, take it. And I mean, without him, it, we wouldn't be going on these runs and without our defense getting these stops and a lot for sure. And who do you think is an on like on your team? You know, you you, you pile all you you're in the stat sheet. You know, Jared's in the stat sheet. Who is an unsung? Who do you think is an unsung hero of your team that contributes so much and you know brings so much uh, success for your team? I would say our, our D middies for sure. You got Roman Puglisi, Jake Higgins, Josh Kaufman, and Alex Smith. Those four are, I think, the probably one of the best defensive midi groups in the country. That they're very hard to beat. And, and they help us a lot. And not a lot of people are talking about them, but they're definitely pretty dominant for sure. And going going forward from, you know, having a big win against Rutgers uh, and you're going to your back end of your season, what are some big goals that you have uh, in your mind and what are you trying to accomplish the most the rest as the rest of the season goes goes uh, goes on? Um, I think as a team, we, we just preach kind of taking it day by day and and who we have coming up next. So, I mean, this week we have Ohio State. We're, prep, we're prepping for them right now. And, yeah, we're just taking it game by game. We know that we're playing each team twice, and we have that. We have the films. We can watch those, and we're just going to keep getting better, honestly, see where it takes us. <clears throat> what have been your favorite uh, parts of the season so far? Um, I would say top top part of the season right now would be beating Hopkins, honestly. That's just a great win, you know, playing them like we just talked about. It's one of the biggest rivalries in lacrosse, and – that's pretty awesome for me personally. And I, and I think that's a really good win for us, especially, and also beating Rutgers, one of the hottest teams. That's definitely a big win as well. And what are you looking forward to most for the future of this team? This team, I would say looking forward to just how much more we can improve. I, I, I know we're, we're definitely doing pretty well right now as our record shows, but I think we're not even close to where we can get to. And that's pretty, it's pretty exciting knowing that we can just keep getting better and hopefully keep beating teams. And, you know, even though you guys have been, you know, through quarantine, you can't really be, be with each other that, mo- that much. How have you guys bonded to, you know, to just have like a better team chemistry as a whole and just get to know each other better? Yeah. So with these strict protocols, we're not really allowed to see each other outside of the guys you live with and unless you're at practice or lifting. And I think something we're doing really well this year is just taking advantage of being able to play lacrosse. I mean, going out there at practice every single day, understanding that <clears throat> it can get taken from you any day. And we're just really grateful for it and playing, playing, playing hard. And then also understanding that we can have some fun with it and just getting closer as a team. And, and then we're doing little things like staying after practice and playing wiffle ball and stuff like that. That's just, that's just building team chemistry. And it's not, it's not traditional, but it's definitely helping with all the COVID protocols and stuff. Definitely. And in a crazy year like this, you know, Maryland's logo be the best. What does be the best mean to you? Be the best means to me just being the best person, student, and lacrosse player you can be. I mean, when I hear be the best, I just think every single day, day in and day out, you're giving your best, whether it's whether it's in the school, whether it's in the classroom or or being a good person out of out of lacrosse and out of school, just doing stuff like that, and then just just busting busting your balls in lacrosse and getting better every single day. Nice to me. Danny, thank you so much for coming on the Low to High podcast. Really appreciate your time, especially, you know, during uh, while you're in season right now and you got a crazy schedule. So I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it, man. Keep crushing it and good talking to you. Of course. Of course. Thanks, man.